we have going on in Sweetwaters is sort of like a perfect storm. The highest HIV and AIDS infection rate in the world, right there in that community. We have about 5,000 child-headed homes. We have poor education systems, lack of role models, poverty. And as you can imagine, even one of those things in a community is devastating. And what it makes you realize is change takes time. But we are starting to see glimpses of hope that the kids are seeing how important this is. They're saying, hey, this isn't our story. We can rewrite our story. This is a community of hope. Welcome to the Do Good Mississippi podcast, where our goal is to showcase people and organizations that are doing good by making a positive impact in communities all across our state. By hearing the good work they're doing, we hope that you will be compelled to join them so that we can partner together and accomplish even more. In addition to subscribing to this podcast, we encourage you to connect with us through our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the handle Do Good MS. Thanks for listening to the Do Good Mississippi podcast. This is Brandy Dalsman with Restoration Hope. This podcast episode showcasing Restoration Hope has been sponsored by D1 Sports Training. D1 has been a longtime supporter of Restoration Hope and believes in our mission to help restore hope to the communities we serve through the love of Christ. Do Good Mississippi and Restoration Hope thank D1 Sports Training for sponsoring today's episode. In today's episode, we will continue our conversation with Catherine Fowling from Restoration Hope. In this episode, we'll be focusing the conversation on Restoration Hope as an organization. You'll learn the story of bringing Restoration Hope into existence, what types of services and support they provide, some of the successes they have enjoyed as an organization, and the impact their work is having on children and families thousands of miles away. Thanks for listening to today's episode showcasing the good Restoration Hope is doing. Catherine, it's great to have you back on the podcast for our second visit. Now that our listeners know a little bit about your background, today's episode will be featuring the important work of Restoration Hope. So we're going to dive right in. Could you tell us and all of our listeners about Restoration Hope and how it came into existence and maybe a little bit of the story surrounding that? Sure. And thanks for having us back. I'm just glad to be here and so glad that y'all are putting a voice to so many great organizations here. So the way Restoration Hope started was a couple, Jason and Brandy Hester, moved to Sweetwater, South Africa. They moved there to be missionaries, Um, but while they were there, they discovered that there were lots of locals there doing really awesome work, but oftentimes there was a gap in funding, so you had these men who were incredible mentors wanting to pour into the kids, but a lot of times it was really hard for their local organizations to get funding. So when they moved back, they started Restoration Hope, and this was in 2011, with the goal that let's fill in the gaps for people that are doing great work over there. Instead of going in and pretending like we know what we're doing, let's come alongside locals and let's help them do the good work that they're doing. Let's help them, empower them to do the God work that they're already doing. So that's what we do. Currently, we are working in the community of Sweetwater, South Africa. And the main things we do are mentoring and education for orphans and vulnerable children. Very cool. And what types of services, training, and otherwise are offered through Restoration Hope? One thing that really drew me to Restoration Hope is the fact that the organization realizes that we're all learners. So the fact that the organization knows that as Americans, we don't have all the answers and we aren't the savior and we aren't here to fix everything, but instead that we can learn from our brothers and sisters 9,000 miles away. And so, you know, one thing we hope we do is to educate people that 
we're not the savior, you know? And we hope that we educate people, you know, within schools. A lot of times we'll do college campus visits and visit the churches to share about what we're doing. Another thing we do is we take trips and we take between two to three trips a year. And we go as learners and we go as encouragers and we're basically coming alongside the work that's already being done and we encourage the people that are already there. So this year we're actually taking two trips. We're going to run in the Mandela Marathon from August 25th to September 3rd. Now, don't be scared. The Mandela Marathon is not all of those days. But while we're there, we'll run the Mandela Marathon. And this is pretty special because we have a running club with some of the kids. And so they just come after school and they participate in this running club. And one of the mentors leads it in our ministry. And they're doing a really great job. You know, they're competing against all these elite schools and they're winning and um, they also run in the Mandela Marathon with our group that goes over there. So it's cool that we get to do that with them. Um, and then also we do home visits and go and visit those kids and go and visit their school and really get to learn about um, the programs of the ministry and the work that's being done there. The second trip we have is from September 30th to October 9th and this is what we call a holiday club. So the kids have a gap in school during that time. So instead of them just being on the streets trying to figure out what to do, our ministry offers an opportunity for kids to come to learn about the Bible, to have a fun time doing crafts and sports and other activities. And um, that's just a wonderful opportunity for people to plug in. So we intentionally take smaller teams with the purpose of encouraging our workers that are on the ground to let them know you're not in this alone. And though we're far, far away, we're praying for your work and we see the good that's going on and it's awesome. So if any of the listeners want to learn more about our trips, there's a tab on our website so they can check that out. And we're having our first trip meeting for anybody who might be interested on April 1st. And there's also information on the website about that. Very cool. I like to hear what you said with regard to knowing that we don't know everything. It kind of brings me back to a book that I read several years ago called When Helping Hurts. And uh, it really, I would encourage any of our listeners that that really resonated with, really gives voice to the fact that a lot of times indigenous people groups, they already know the solutions. They just need people to come alongside and support what they already kind of have in place. So I was encouraged to hear you kind of speak to that. Yeah, I actually picked that book up for the first time in Africa and was amazed when I was reading it. It's like, oh, this is Restoration Hope. This is awesome. It's very cool because uh, it really does kind of come into to say, you know, people are all over the world are very intelligent. They're already very smart. Um, they, uh, They just may not be able to have the funding in place to where once they do, it's sustainable and it runs itself. So very cool to hear that. Talk a little bit about the situation of people in your ministry that you're serving currently in Sweetwaters, Africa. What are some of the real life challenges that they are facing? Sure. So what we have going on in Sweetwaters is sort of like a perfect storm. So what you have is the highest HIV and AIDS infection rate in the world, right there in that community. We have about 5,000 child-headed homes. So a child-headed home is basically an orphan taking care of their younger siblings, but they're living in a home. They might have other uncles and aunts around or grandparents around, but they are the ones heading the homes. We have poor education systems, lack of role models, poverty, And as you can imagine, even one of those things in a community is devastating. But you take a community and you mix all those things together, and it's just a lot. And what it makes you realize is change takes time. You know, all that stuff that happened, happened over time. But we are starting to see, 
you know, small changes and glimpses of hope. Um, and it's really neat, despite all of that stuff, that when we go to Sweetwaters, we don't think of it as, oh, these poor people. But we think of these are beautiful people in a really tough situation. So, yeah, that's a little bit about Sweetwaters. No doubt that all of us were born into different circumstances and different situations. And so these people, it sounds like obviously they didn't choose to be born where they are or to encounter the challenges that they're facing, but y'all are coming along to help with the revitalization or the restoration, if you will, uh, to kind of assist them in their plight. So obviously we would applaud all of that and all the effort that you have going on with that. To finish our conversation today, are there any success stories um, that you could go into greater detail that you could share with our listeners about someone with Restoration Hope that has been impacted by your work? Sure. So one of my favorite things about Restoration Hope is our mentoring project. So our mentors are men and women, either from the community of Sweetwaters or from South Africa. So they know the culture, they know the language, they know the situation the community's in. And what they do is they minister to the kids they just love on them, and they do this in three main ways. Um, they teach the kids life skills classes, so things they should know, simple things like hygiene, peer pressure, things parents would usually teach their kids. They teach these in the schools. They do life groups, which are like small Bible studies, so they all have their group of kids that they pour into week after week. And from those group of kids, they go and do home visits, and so they check in on the kids and go and visit them. If they have families, they see how their families are doing. So I just really love the way this all plays out. We believe that one caring person in a child's life can change their life, and we've seen it happen time and time again. And my favorite story about all of this is our partner ministry there has been around for about 10 years, and so we've seen it come full circle, meaning that some of the kids who grew up in the program are now the mentors. And um, a lot of the teens that were once kids in the program are now helping with the kids' portion of things. So um, I think that's the most beautiful part of all is that it's coming full circle, that the kids are seeing how important this is. They're saying, hey, this isn't our story. We can rewrite our story. This is a community of hope. And um, just to see the change that's happening and how it's coming full cycle is a beautiful, beautiful thing. No doubt breaking that generational cycle of what they once experienced, being destitute, hopeless, no role models. Now uh, that generation has come through and has seen now what role models there are and what that means for the future generation. So it sounds like y'all have done the work and your ministry partner has done the work to break that cycle where now kids coming through the ranks do have someone to look up to. They do have a program in place that is speaking truth into their life. And so um, incredible to think through what the next 10 years and the next 10 years and just being able to break that cycle from now on. And so that's incredible to hear and are very encouraging to see how Restoration Hope has come alongside to make that a reality. How can our listeners connect with Restoration Hope? Sure. We would love to connect with our listeners. Uh, you can do that in three ways. You can follow us on Instagram. So that's restoration.hope. You can get on our website, which is www.restorationhope.org, and you can connect with us on Facebook. Catherine, again, it's a pleasure to showcase the good that Restoration Hope is doing. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. In our next episode, we'll be visiting with Brandy Dowsman, who is the new executive director for Restoration Hope. You'll hear how Brandy first got involved with Restoration Hope, why she's passionate about the important work happening thousands of miles away, 
and why she believes it's important for others to get involved with the good happening through Restoration Hope. Until next time, do good, Mississippi. failing with Restoration Hope, and I want to invite you to learn more about Restoration Hope through coming to our event, D1 for Hope, on April 23rd. Our thanks to Highland Colony Baptist and D1 for being the sponsors. You can learn more about this event at www.restorationhope.org. If you'd like to know of upcoming events that will benefit all types of organizations that are doing good, be sure to check out our events calendar. Whether it's a canned food drive, 5K race, pet parade, dodgeball tournament, silent auction, or banquet, our events calendar is your resource to know what upcoming events are doing good throughout Mississippi. Do you know of an event that we haven't listed? Instructions are included so that you can help us showcase good and compel action through the Do Good Mississippi events calendar. To learn more, visit our website at dogoodmississippi.com.